Hello friends and welcome to episode 480, 480 of the Chair Shop Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Towny Boy Towner, joined by uh, Mr. Paul Griffin. Hello Joe. Hi Paul. Uh, not joining us is uh, Mr. Barry Murphy, who's um, away on business uh, this weekend. Yeah. Um, but we're here, we're back to Two Man Booth, we've got plenty to, to talk about. Speaking of... 480. Yeah. They have a few different lads on the darts now. Do they? Who do. Yeah. And there's one guy. I want to get your opinion here. Go on. There's one guy who does a very clean. 180. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a guy who's a bit more of a Terrence Stamp. Ray, Winst- Ray Winston type, like right. a like a he's a bit of a gangster, he's a bit of a geezer. and he do a and I want to know which you prefer. Um, I mean, I haven't heard this this Ray Winston fella, right? But, um, I like a clean announcement. I don't like the announcer to put too much business okay. in the um, in the announcement. That's why I think Howard Finkel was very good. You know, yeah, very clear. <laughs> you knew it was him, but he didn't make it about himself. Exactly. Whereas, like a Justin Roberts, you know, doing the John Cena and rolling his R's and doing the Spanish sort of thing. It's yeah. right. Okay. Give, give me a Finkel any day of the week. Yeah, I, I agree for what it's worth. I like the uh, the clean. Although I think the guy who does I don't I don't know their names, but the guy who does the more distorted one i think he used to do it differently where it was a little bit cleaner but it still had that graveliness to it so yeah. like that was the perfect one yeah but if you see him now it's just an incomprehensible it's just a mark mark from guttural roar that ends with 80 if they all want to be michael buffer this is the problem yeah, yeah. Who, some... michael buffer has like the cleanest um announcing yeah but he has that whole spiel he's you know the spiel yeah, he goes on for a time. Anyway, we're back. Um, it's been a been a hell of a week. Uh, yeah. What have you been up to, Mr. Paul? Um, I got McDonald's for the first time since Ooh. the lockdown. We got it delivered to the yeah. house yesterday. Yeah. Uh, went all out on it, of course. So we got, uh, I'll tell you what Natty got, first of all. So Natty, for reference, is a, a very small girl. Um, size-wise, I mean. She's not like 12 or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She got 20 nuggets, two double cheeseburgers. Um, we, we got four fries between us. Four fries. Four large fries. Two, eight, two fries each. That doesn't sound like no, we just, we just dumped them in a big pile um, and ate them. So there was no... not We couldn't even, um, <laughs> you know... Get that, it wasn't necessarily two each. It wasn't that clearly defined. It was just a mountain, and we I probably had more it of it. just on the floor as well. It was like Homer, Homer's Sugar Mountain. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, a, and we both had Cokes. I had a Big Mac oh. and a McFlurry, which is very nice. Oh, um, yeah, first McDonald's in a very long time, and it was uh, it was worth the wait. It was very very good. That sounds fantastic. I'd, yeah, 
our kids, yeah, I could go for another McDonald's now. Quarter pounder with cheese, fries, Coke, and shared some chicken selects. That's mine. I think that's now my go-to. Yeah. If I get if I'm ever in McDonald's, if I get a McDonald's, that is now my go-to. I'm not going to deviate from that. I don't need to be okay. trying all the specials and getting filet fishes and chicken wraps and things. Quarter mm. pounder with cheese, fries, Coke, chicken select to share. Okay. That's it. I mean, yeah, I want to get one of each of the food groups, basically. So, you know, drink, fries, which is its own group. Yeah. Meat and ice cream. One of each, please. Yeah. That's usually what I'll do. Now, what I found, as as listeners will know, is I'm a man who enjoys a plain burger. Just a plain Um, one. Just a plain one. That's why I went with uh, Big Mac rather than Quarter Pounder with cheese, because I've... In ordering remotely with McDonald's, I found that they can be a little bit inconsistent with what a plain quarter pounder uh, with cheese means. Because uh, I don't want no cheese. I don't want no cheese in my burger. I just want the the burger patty and two bits of bread on the sides. Two nice dry bits of bun, baby. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, put, I'll put ketchup on that myself. Oh, he's putting his own ketchup on. He's bringing that along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Big Mac doesn't come with cheese, so when you say plain Big course, Mac, yeah. they're not going to mess it up on you. Of course, you know? that makes sense. And and so it came. It was a plain Big Mac. It was perfect. That's good. Um, so that was tremendous. Yeah, and there was, I will say, a temptation that wasn't followed through on, but there mm. was a temptation to do a double day mm. McDonald's. Back to back. I didn't have McDonald's again today. <laughs> It'd be like WrestleMania, spread over two days. <laughs> No, I made some some sausages for myself today. They were very nice. Rather than go back to the McDonald's well for a second helping, you know? Yeah, spread it out. You know, but mm, that temptation will now forever be there because the the McDonald's, which is near to us, only started doing deliveries this weekend. So oh, okay. that specter is now forever going to be hovering over our heads whenever the tummy rumbles a little bit. That's always going to yeah. be hard. Oh, yeah. Cool. You, uh, you watch any football this week? We did. We had... Um, Fortunately. We, we just finished watching the, the FA Cup semi-final listeners like yeah. 10 minutes ago. Um, I know why we lost, Joe. What is that? What's, what's happening? Go on. I'm sorry. It's my fault. Uh, what have you done? I apologize. What would you do? I, in the, the, a couple of weeks ago, I was on the hunt online for a a Manchester United uh, not the away jersey because I really don't like our, our away away jersey. I only have the home jersey this season. I wanted to get the the black jersey basically, not yeah. the snake skin one. Yeah. I wanted to get it with Bruno Fernandez printed on the back. Bro. Alright? Yeah. Went to the official store. Official yeah. They don't have it. I haven't got it. They only have it in small or medium. Oh, and you're a large man. I'm an L. And so I took the L on buying it. <laughs> I went to Kitbag, which I know is a reputable um, yeah. online store. Yeah. An official store for jerseys. Didn't have it. I went to Sports Direct. They didn't have it. What's going on? I went to JD Sports. They didn't have it. I went to about eight or nine Adidas. I went to Adidas' own online store. They didn't have it. Jesus. 
So I bought, which I'm I am now currently wearing, the Manchester United third kit, Bruno Fernandez eighteen on the back, from a, a dodgy Chinese. Dodgy ch- oh no! Yeah. Um. So the football gods know that I've acted in a an indiscreet way, and an unacceptable way. Yeah. I now to be fair, I tried my best Did to you buy it. Really, you went down all the avenues. <laughs> I really tried. I really, really tried. Couldn't get it. Oh. So this this was the first game since this uh illegitimate jersey arrived. Mm. And I was wearing it during the game. I said, lads, there'll be no problem. We'll win. I'm wearing the Fernandez jersey. I'm wearing the new jersey. Uh, didn't work. That's a shame. Yeah, That's and shame. I would be worried about the next game, the West Ham game, because I also bought a second jersey on that same website. So I might have screwed us for the rest of the season. What, what was the second shirt? I bought the. I I have no jersey um, from the no first jersey. Are you in the the first season that I watched the uh, football. So I bought. A classic kit. I bought the 94 95 away classic black kit. Ah, with shop. Cantona 7 on the back. Because that was a season he kicked that lad. Yes, yes. Oh, that is a classic one. Yeah. So that's, the that's not arrived yet. Sharp view cam. That one. Sorry, yeah. I thought you meant Lee Sharp. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> played for us at the time. Um, yeah, the Sharp view cam. With the blue trim, the, the blue, blue trim. Band. Oh, that is a good shirt. It is. I've always wanted that shirt. Only now is there these stores that will do it for you. You know. Yeah, yeah. I do have the ninety five, ninety six home kit, which I think was the, the same one we used in ninety four, ninety five. Mm. But the one I have is is an official replica. Doesn't have the Umbro logo, unfortunately. Oh, has, has the little FA Cup final ninety six stitched on right, it. But. Right. Doesn't really count. It's not a proper one. Not a proper one. But um, no, I mean to to post mortem quickly the football. Um, I haven't done my positive tweet yet. Of course, I'll maybe do that after we record. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not wait. really. Make, a make lot wait. To be, make wait for it. Yeah, not a lot to be positive about today though. Um, three very costly mistakes mm. for, the, for each of the goals, but overall just a poor performance. I thought Williams in particular was. Was poor. I thought Juan Bissaka was poor. Um, James was anonymous. Mm. You know, I, th- I I think I think it was important to rest some players because they were looking tired against um, Palace the last day, and maybe in a sense, it, it, if we end up fourth in the league, it, it it would be better to sacrifice the FA Cup for yeah. Champions League football. Yeah, but. Um, Aside from our, our first 11, some of those players that were brought in, I think Williams has been pretty good every time I've seen him. I think this is probably the worst mm. game he's had. He was just always a step off. Chelsea would play these like through balls. He would always be a step behind the mm. player running onto the ball. Um, yeah, it's just... Chelsea were very good, to, to, to were, be fair. They were good. They were set up well, um, did their job properly. I, yeah. don't, I don't think Solskjaer should have changed things. So he was trying to be clever. Uh, for me, in football, you shouldn't be too clever. Just send them out, yeah. tell them to score some goals. That's all you need to do. That's what we've been doing. Yeah. It's been working. 
I mean, I can see the benefit, potential benefit in his mind of okay, let's let's at least go into the West Ham game with like Pogba a bit refreshed, yeah. Greenwood, Martial a bit refreshed. Um, I probably would have taken Bruno off closer to the end, um, because like the game was lost at that point when they were bringing yeah. on. Like taking James off, look, leave James on. Take Bruno yeah, off. him run around. Yeah. Um, but look, I, I'm not the manager. I don't know. Um, Chelsea were very good. Chelsea were very good. Um, we got a good result earlier with Spurs beating Leicester three nil. Mm. Um, I had Loris on my fantasy team. He got ten points. Not too bad. Um, it was funny though because I was watching the Spurs game and I thought the same about Kane. That Kane seemed to always be a step off when they pass him the ball, and he still like scored twice. So he, he was he wasn't that bad clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully we can get a good result against uh, West Ham, although they're in very good form lately. Um, and then going into the last day of the season, we'll put ourselves in a good position um, above Leicester. You know, I think we can. I mean, we didn't play well in the quarter final against Norwich. Got a bit lucky. Uh, yeah, came back and played well in the league, so uh, I'm hopeful that we'll. This will be a blip. It's a blip. Yeah, I mean we're playing on Wednesday, so we have a couple of days now to sure, recover, sure. relax. Um, yeah, and West Ham, despite their good run of form, they're still like 16th in the table. Same with Southampton, who we should have beaten. Albeit yeah. Southampton again, we're very good and got a, a deserved last minute equalizer. Still, we should have beaten them. Discounting that last minute equalizer, it was two one going into the last minute. We we should have enough to beat West Ham, but look, we'll see. Um, so that's more football than we normally talk on this. Yeah, that's enough for a good few weeks, unless we win the Europa League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. Um, yeah, it was a good week. I've actually had the week off. This week, oh, very nice. all week off work, Michelle and I. So that was very nice. First week off of of the year, so that was very well needed. Ooh. So okay. um, yeah, it was very good. We actually went up uh, into the city for the first time since March. Uh, it's normally I work in the centre of London, so I haven't been yeah. there since the end of March. So that was nice. It was very not very quiet actually. I mean, there's still a fair few people around, but it was a much quieter than usual, which was very nice. Because uh, normally, if you're in the central of London, especially in you know July on a warm day, it's going to be packed. It's going to be packed on a Friday, Friday afternoon, evening. It's going to be packed with office workers, with tourists, with all sorts of people knocking around. And it was just very peaceful, so it's quite enjoyable. Mm. Just to have a little walk along the river, had a nice burger and a beer. And, uh, very nice. Home, so it was that was nice. It's uh, been a busy week otherwise. We spent yesterday finishing off uh, the painting of our bedroom, which we started about three months ago. Oh, the famous half-painted room. Yes, this is the half-blue, half-yellow room um, where I ran out of paint and couldn't get any because of the the pandemic. Um, So we finally got around to doing it. It was a lot easier this time because the two walls I'd left were the smaller ones where the window and the door are, so there wasn't as much to paint. and We didn't have to get all of the furniture out, just move stuff around so yeah it's a lot easier so well, it looks nice we've got it all done it's all blue it looks much very nicer very serene kind of feels like the sky or the ocean it's just yeah blue very, yeah you wake up and it's like wow blue it's very nice so that was good and i also on thursday spent most of the day um round at my mum's house finally making good on my promise to clean out a lot of the old 
shit that I left there when I moved out several years ago. Mm. Um, so I had a kind of wardrobe and a desk just full of uh, what I can only describe as old tat. Um, so, for example, about 120 copies of Power Slam magazine. Ooh. Uh, many, many, many DVDs uh, and books that were there. Lots of old clothes that I didn't want. Uh, and they're just random things that I've kept. I'm very bad at hoarding things. Well, not even hoarding, yeah. but that once I've got it, I don't want to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I try. It's and... hoarding, I think. <laughs> well, the thing is, I don't buy things to keep them. That's I would say I'm a kind of semi hoarder. So right. I don't I don't buy like five, you know, or a whole box set of DVDs, or whatever. Just and then just keep it. I try to avoid buying things because I'm no, I'm, I'm bad at getting rid of them. Um, so there's all this stuff, just old kind of papers and documents and tick, you know, concert tickets and things like that that I would never get rid of. But I was very ruthless, got rid of three bin bags full of rubbish and three bin bags full of charity shop uh, donations. So a lot, of, quite a lot of stuff. I did keep all the power yeah. magazines. I was going to say, I assume you didn't throw those away. <laughs> no, no, obviously I kept those. I'll keep those forever. Okay, I may burn them one day in like a kind of ceremonial. Uh, funeral pyre. Yeah, cleansing. I might just take them with me, like one, one day if I'm cremated, just chuck all my power signs in with me. <laughs> very good. Yeah, sounds good. Good, very productive week off. Oh, very nice. Um, yeah, we we haven't been back to the city center. Yeah, in Dublin yet since uh, since the lockdown. Um, Natty hasn't really seen her family since then, which is oh, a shame. unfortunate. Hopefully we'll get a chance to go out and visit them uh, as soon as possible. Um, no, unfortunately, like we really haven't had any reason to go as far as the city centre. I've, I've only been maybe six kilometres away from where we're living. Like That's the furthest off I've gone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, still very quiet. I'd love to get over to London at some point um, once this all calms down. Yeah, you should hang, hang out a little bit with you, with yourself and Michelle. Have you been there before? No, no, no. You've been to London. I've been to London. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. I didn't mean my house. I'd remember that. I've been. Uh, sure, we did. Oh yeah, we met. Uh, Fucking hell! What am I talking about? I forgot. About that. <laughs> We've met multiple times. It's <laughs> funny because we were talking about that the other day. So I was looking at yeah. So we we're going through old old pictures as well. I think it was one of yeah. me and Jensen's beard. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, you were there. Okay. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was long ago. Yeah. No, last time we were over was. Uh, oh yeah, then you came. <laughs> oh dear. Well, I think I've got the old Alzheimer's, baby. <laughs> I think I've been over to London three times, three four times. I've definitely been over when that. Mm. Twice, I want to say. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll have to arrange that sometime when there is when there is a, a wrestling show on or something. We we'll go over and have the crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apart from that, not a lot going on. Have you been watching any telly? I watched a bit of telly. I watched uh, a few episodes of um, Marvel's X Men on Disney Plus. Um, come to the end of the first season of yeah. that that's a fun little cartoon i must say i really enjoy it in terms of the x-men that are in yes. the show is it similar to the movies in terms of the cast very much so um 
And not only that, but there's people from other movies who have appeared in it, like oh. uh, Cable, who you know, might remember from Deadpool 2, played by uh, Thanos himself, Josh Brolin. Mm. He was uh, he made an appearance in one of the episodes. No, you have everybody. You have, uh, the, the, the main cast is kind of um, Cyclops. Storm. Uh, Storm, Rogue, Wolverine, of course. Yeah. Uh, Gambit, who was only in one of the movies and not very good in it. Um, Jubilee, Xavier, Magneto, Sabretooth. Uh, you have Apocalypse, Mystique. Yeah, it's it, it's my only real understanding of X Men is from the movies yeah. and the yeah. very little of the cartoon that I'd seen. So, yeah, I mean, it's the the next two episodes I'm due to watch are Days of Future Past Part One and Part Two. Um, Ooh. so knowing that the film. The film was uh, adapted from a, a famous comic, Days yeah. of Future Past. I'm assuming this, this, these episodes are also going to be based on those yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, no, it's 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 a funny little cartoon. I particularly like Wolverine. He's re- like Wolverine is maybe even gruffer than he is in the films. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and whoever does Beast is not Kelsey Grammer, but oh, he no. sounds remarkably like Kelsey Grammer. Um, well, I'm not sure anyone, no, it, anyone sounds like Kelsey Grammer, but... Okay. It's it's very good. The last episodes I watched were um, apocalypse uh, centric, and then one that was about Juggernaut, and also um, Colossus was in it. Who's also from the Deadpool films. Mm. Um, Deadpool himself has not appeared, but uh, no, it's it's a really fun little series. Oh. Very easy to stick on an episode and mm. get through it. Like if you're just waiting twenty minutes for your food to cook or something, you can watch yeah, an episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's good crack. Good crack. Oh, cool. It has got me interested in checking out um the the kind of the king of those um superhero cartoons. Mm. Uh Batman the animated series. Ah. I was having a look online at um the Blu-ray. It's a little too expensive for me to justify getting it, mm. but um that's not something that I don't. I think you can stream easily. I don't think it's available on any of our. It's not Netflix or Amazon Prime or any of that, as far as I'm aware. Um, Spider Man. I like the theme song. I'm not sure I'd be too. Wait, that's X Men. That's X Men. But Batman, I definitely, I definitely watch. I did make a purchase in the week. Aside from my unlucky uh, cursed football jerseys, um, I bought a Wavebird controller. I don't know if you remember the Wavebird. Wavebird, I didn't. What is that? A Wavebird is a wireless GameCube controller. What? Yeah, Nintendo produced them um, as wireless controllers were starting to become a right. thing as we moved from like Xbox and PS2 to 360 and. PS3. Mm. Um, so I bought one because I started playing um, the second Paper Mario game, which is a GameCube game. And uh, I find that that game particularly was not meant to be played on a 40 inch screen sitting like four feet away from the screen. Yeah. Um, so I'd rather sit much further back, but I'm limited by how long the GameCube controller cables are. Yeah. So I said, right, I'll buy a little wireless one. And, uh, I got kind of a, not a Nintendo branded one, but like the, you know, um, 
the the shop own brand version. So it was like 15 euro or something. So I'm going to wait for that to arrive. I'm not going to play that game anymore until that game arrives because yeah. it's giving me a bit, of a bit of a headache sitting so close to the screen. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cool. That's really all. The, this is a very long life guff, by the way, for, for for only two of us being here. We, um, we went into telecom. Oh, we moved on to X Men, of course. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I watched X Men. That's all I watched. I I watched a few shows. So Michelle and I watched um, the Babysitters Club on Netflix, which is uh, a new adaptation of this Babysitters Club book series, which I believe was. I remember those books. Wasn't there a TV series? I think there's been the various. TV? Yeah, there's been various. Yeah. TV adaptations over the years. Um, I've obviously never read the books, not being a, a nine-year-old American girl. But is I it kind of a, a like a crime-solving thing? The baby yeah, story? it's kind of like okay. the Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew type thing, where they they okay. look after kids, but also sort of solve mysteries and things like that. I think get into some okay. adventures and things. So yeah, we watched that. It was it was you know entertaining enough. I mean, kids show, but it was. It's quite funny. They get into little adventures and stuff. So, yeah, if you're into that sort of thing, give it a go. Um, we've also been watching uh, Mrs. America, which is not connected to <laughs> Linda Hogan, right? <laughs> it's Linda Hogan in a in a blue mask. Um, oh, brother. Um, brother, brother! Tony Tony Khan's not watching that. One, <laughs> She's in the front row at Dynamite. Um, no, it's Mrs. America. It's about the civil rights struggle in America in the 70s and the Equal Rights Act, um, which was brought in to ensure that women had uh, you know, the same rights as men and weren't discriminated against in the workplace and all of that sort of thing, which you know obviously was sorted out in the 70s. Thank God we don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, but it's very good. A stellar cast. You've got uh, Kate Blanchett. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's based; it's all based kind of on true story on sort of real characters. Um, so Kate Planchett plays a woman called Phyllis Schlafly, who's a kind of conservative activist who's trying to stop the equal rights. Um, That's a hell of a name, by the way. Phyllis Schlafly, yeah, sounds like a Simpsons kind of name. But um, yeah, it's a played real, by an Australian actress. Played by an Australian, yeah, and also Gloria Steinem, the kind of famous feminist, is played. Uh, by another Australian actress, uh, Rose Byrne, um, right. who's who's really really good, and and there's lots of other kind of characters from or pe- famous people from the time. Anyway, it's very kind of interesting, and it, it charts the struggle between this kind of conservative women who think you know women are already equal and believe that women, sh- if they want to, should be allowed to you know be homemakers and mothers and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and see see these kind of feminists as a threat to traditional values. And as a kind of crazy liberal agenda, so it's it's very good. Though. Each each one kind of focuses on a different um, actress, a different character, and it's really enjoyable. So we've watched about five episodes of it. But, uh, yeah, I'd give that a big, big thumbs up. Uh, enjoyable show. Very good. Um, yeah, I think that was it. Um, I do have our regular feature, um, the Simpsons episode feature, which I've now renamed. C.S. Simpsons. See what I've done there? Okay. Um, so this is where we compare um, the Simpsons episode, which corresponds with our episode number. So we're at 480. Uh, so I'm going to take a look at episode 480 of The Simpsons. Um, so this is called A Midsummer's Nice Dream. Um, 
I see what they've done there. They've done yeah. a pun. Shakespeare. And yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Um, aired on the Fox Network on March 13th, 2011. Episode name is a play on the Shakespeare play. A play on a play, Midsummer Night's Dream. And also the Cheech and Chong movie, Nice Dreams. Never heard of that. but yeah, Well, okay. that, mm, that might come into play. Um, uh, I've heard of the Shakespeare play, not the uh, Stoner movie. Not the Stoner movie. So the plot. Um, the Simpsons are at a live Cheech and Chong show. I'll stop you there. Yeah. Uh, right. This is 2011. Well, okay. The entire family? It says The Simpsons. It says all of them. Okay. Okay. I, uh, let me guess how I'm going to guess how this goes at the end. Yeah. Bart ends up selling weed to the government. <laughs> That's how these are going recently. Uh, go on, continue. So, uh, yes, the Simpsons are at a live Cheech and Chong show when Chong, upset by the act's repetitiveness, begins to improvise and ultimately leaves the stage. Homer is encouraged to take Chong's place on stage and recites the Dave's Not Here Man act from memory. Cheech is impressed and asks Homer to join him for the rest of the tour under the name Cheech and Chunk. Homer is disillusioned to learn that Cheech and Chong's lives are different from their stoner persona. Meanwhile, Chong has replaced Cheech with Seymour Skinner, forming a duo called Teach and Chong. Okay, that is good. I like that. Really? Okay. Yeah, to be fair, Cheech and Chong... That ch- ch- what's the other one? Ch- Chong, Cheech and Chunk. Yeah, Chunk? that's not as good. Mm, no, Cheech. Um, yeah, uh, good. Homer eventually convinces Cheech and Chong to reunite. Meanwhile, Marge. No, no, no mention of how he does that. He no, just, no, does it. just it happens. Meanwhile, Marge discovers that the crazy cat lady is a hoarder. In an effort to help, Marge has the clutter removed from her home. But after loading the waste disposal truck. Marge begins removing items she sees as unique and valuable, eventually causing her own home to become cluttered. To cure Marge's new obsession, Homer brings back the crazy cat lady, who ends up becoming a hoarder again after seeing all of her old items. In an epilogue, Bart, posing as Puck, tells the audience the epilogue as, as well as that they can watch the show. I'm not sure who's, who's written this. Let me read that again. Tells the audience the epilogue as well as that they can watch the show the next day on Hulu.com. Um, I feel the, the fact that these descriptions are being written clearly by someone who struggles to form basic sentences is a sign that the show isn't as popular as it was. I feel like the earlier or, ones would have been written by, by people that could express themselves in the English language. Or that's the effect of watching the show. But yeah. Maybe it's filtered out anyone who, who can construct sentences. I like how Simpsons plots will usually end with everything being reset back to how it was at the beginning of yeah. the episode. Even back in the golden years, that was normal. But that Marge B plot is like so perfectly circular that it it, it begs the question, like, why even bother? Yeah. It's like Marge finds out that the crazy cat lady's a hoarder. Okay, instead of just looking away and going, well, that's nothing to do with me. She's like, I'll help her and put away her stuff, but then she becomes a hoarder, and then the cat lady comes to her and becomes a hoarder again. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's no there's no progression at any point in that plot. <laughs> no. I think it's also getting into that kind of Star Wars phenomenon where every tiny character or joke has to be exploited fully because they've run out of material. 
So you yeah. have to go back to like, you know, I'm surprised there could well be an episode about the tire fire at some point. Um, it goes into 20 minutes on that. Um, but yeah, got Cheech and Chong as well. I mean, is that one for the kids there? These guys from, I assume, the 70s? Weren't they on, am I mistakenly remembered that they were on like earlier episodes, Cheech and Chong? I th- they've been mentioned, obviously, before. And, and Homer did the, the Dave's Not Here skit. I remember that. But yeah, I don't think they've been on it before. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, well, that, that sounds... No, they were What am I thinking about? Anyway, sounds sounds absolutely dreadful. That sounds absolutely appalling. And another one of those uh, next week. Uh, Thank you, Joe. C.S. C.S. Simpsons. C.S. Simpsons. C.S. Simpsons. Yeah. C.S. Simpsons. That's Telegraph. That's Telegraph. Um what have we got next? Any any game guff from you, Paul? Yeah, good. I've been dabbling a little bit with um, emulators this week. For all the uh, retro consoles mm. that I uh, employ, I I dipped my toe into that um, uh, Aki Evolution uh, project. I don't know if you've seen that the the modding the modded version of No Mercy. I do not know that. Um, yeah, if you look it up on Twitter, it's some um, indie wrestler, I believe, who's behind it. But it's like a, a high textured modern wrestler version of No Mercy, and it's wow. it's uh, it's very easy to download and, and set up and get going. Um, but yeah, I dipped my toe into that. Um, played a few games of that. Very very well put together. Very very good. Um, I played it with a PS4 controller. Um, very easy to use. Very easy to play. I downloaded a little driver for it for the Project 64 emulator program I was running. But again, for someone who is, you know, I'm averagely technical, I suppose. It was very it was very easy to set up. Anyway. Anybody could do it. Um, so I was playing uh, John Cena in the game with, like, full John Cena textures. I think they even have, like, moves modded into and everything. It's a fully modded version of the game. It's not just a texture pack. Uh, that was pretty good. I also played a bit of SmackDown Here Comes the Pain, which is kind of routinely referred to as one of the best wrestling games mm. outside of the kind of No Mercy and, and, and that kind of top tier. But I never had a PlayStation 2, so I had to, to emulate that. Now, I used to... Last time when I, when I properly emulated games or was properly into emulating games, uh, which would have been a few years ago, I remember like GameCube... And that era of games were very difficult to emulate. Yeah. But um, SmackDown Here Comes the Pain through this PS2 emulator worked almost perfectly. There was only one thing I noticed uh, that didn't work properly, which was uh, during the entrances, the music would play like at half speed. Now, the entrance itself wouldn't lag. The the wrestler would come out and so on. But you get like, you've done it now. You've gone and made a big mistake. (laughs) Um, But that was good, even though, um, whereas with No Mercy, I know all the controls. I know how to play the game. Never having played uh, a SmackDown game. I think the first SmackDown game I owned was the 2007, which are Blade on the cover. Uh, 
so I don't know the controls of Here Comes the Pain. So I, I got uh, very badly beaten up by the computer in that one. But I'd l- I would be into um, learning how to play that and playing through the uh, career mode. Because I believe it's supposed to be very good. Um, I mentioned that I dipped my toe into Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door, because I beat, I beat the N64 Paper Mario. So I'm going to play through the five uh, of them sequentially up to the the new release, which just came out on Friday, which I haven't played yet. Um, that's the game that I said that I, I, I'd rather be further away from the screen because the text is very big on it. Um, so it's just uncomfortable to play it so close up. But it's uh, it's already a huge improvement on the N64 one. Mm. Whereas the N64 one set a really strong foundation, um, that uh, Thousand Year Door takes that foundation and adds a lot of clever bells and whistles to it, which makes make it feel like a huge step forward for the series. Um, lots of little clever improvements on it. But I only played the epilogue. I've not really got into the game itself properly yet. I played it for like maybe an hour. Um, so I'll play that more when the Wavebird controller arrives. And then finally playing more Last of Us Part 2, which if, if Barry's listening, I know he's on tenterhooks to hear how I'm getting on with that. Um, I've just reached day two. <gasps> Shocking, I know. <laughs> um, very, very much enjoying it. Um, played it for about two hours there today. I'm about six and a half hours in, so I'm still slowly making my way through it. But um, uh, I, I believe I've gotten through what is known as like the, the longest segment of the game. I've been reliably informed in a non-spoilery way that that's the longest segment of the game. It's downtown Seattle, um, which I really liked. It was like a little open area uh, for you to explore, but it wasn't too big or too um, laborious doing it. Like I didn't really care for how they did that in um, Uncharted Lost Legacy, but in this one, it was done very well. And the story is excellent. Really, really loving the story. The little twists and turns they have in there. Um, yeah, as of now... I'm yet to really have any of the gripes that I was afraid I would have about it before I started playing. I'm really, really into it. Really, really enjoying it. Um, I'm still on thumbs up across the board. Um, and yeah, there was one scene in it that I really, really loved. I won't say too much about it other than it involves a uh, cassette tape. <gasps> and I thought that that was one of those little moments in a video game where it, it kind of elevates it to something a, a bit more special than some of its parts that was really great uh what about you joe what have you been playing um i had a go at this game called walking simulator on yes you the... you mentioned that when i was doing all those uh, yeah all those walking simulators a while ago yeah it was a free game on steam so i gave it a go right. So it's kind of set in a, uh, some kind of post-apocalyptic world. Everything is just all snow, basically. Um, and you have to kind of move things around, take batteries and power packs to scientists. I only played it for about half an hour. It was pretty boring, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was just nothing to do. Um, there was no kind of intro, because it was a very basic world. Um, it's not sort of things you can explore. It's just basically snowy mountains um right. you do get to go on a snowmobile um after you've completed the first sort of challenge so that was fun um but then i got to the second challenge and i bought 
they have like vending machines within the buildings that you can go in. And I bought an energy drink. I was like, oh, I'll buy an energy drink. Cool. Uh, and then I didn't have enough money to buy a jetpack to get to the next thing. And I had no right. idea how to get more credits to um, to be able to buy the jetpack. So at that point, I just gave up. Uh, right. That was, yeah, not that fun. But it was free. And it is, I think, a very basic game. So yeah sure if i explored some of the ones you recommended they might be a bit more uh, enjoyable um yeah i mean walking simulators as a genre aren't um exclusively good yeah <laughs> i would say there's definitely weaker ones and there's definitely walking simulators i've played that i've not really enjoyed um they do kind of live or die on uh the environment that you're exploring as you said and the strength of the story being told yeah um Although there there are some funnier ones, I guess. There's there's one that I would highly recommend you as a kind of dip your toe mm. uh, exercise. I don't know how expensive it would be because there's there's a new version coming out this year. Like it's the same game, but like a deluxe version of it. Mm. It's it's called the Stanley Parable. I think it came out in like 2013, 2014. And um, basically you are like an office worker. Um, and your your job is is incredibly monotonous. You're just there to tap your buttons every day, and you um, eventually get this message, and you're like leaving the office. You're gonna get up and go, and it's a game that has like Mario World, which you talked about. It's a game that you just replay time and time again, and you might make on your first playthrough like a left turn, and then on your next one a right turn. Yeah, and you get all of these different endings and it's um it's uh it's a very funny game in a kind of meta way i don't know if did you play uh portal or portal 2 yeah yeah it's that very same kind of humor okay um yeah it's called the stanley parable i i would imagine it would be like 10 pounds or something i don't know um i really enjoyed it i never played it like through all the endings because i've been waiting for this deluxe edition to come out which must come out this year on uh, consoles as well as Steam. Um, but that's a really good one. I would definitely recommend that one. That sounds fun. Yeah, yes, that's the games. Um, have you seen any movies this week? Well, Joe, I promised that I was going to watch promised. a movie. You made a promise. Hopefully. I made a promise. Lift up to it. I watched the movie. You watched it? I watched is... The Wrong Missy oh. starring Roman Reigns. Oh, no. Um, he's in it for about a minute at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I won't um, drag it out here. I gave the wrong Missy a one out of ten. Oh dear. It's it's bad. It's it's really bad. Um, David Spade plays a kind of what what I think I've described in the past as like. Uh, a milk boy, milk <laughs> like boy. A, uh, 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 an inoffensive little flaky wafer of a man. Oh dear! Um, dear, oh dear. He, like really pathetic, though. Really pathetic. Mm. Um, and he sets up. He set up for a blind date, which is where Roman Reigns comes in. So he goes in. He gets a text message. I'm wearing the the blue dress and I'm talking to this meathead. He won't leave me alone. And so David Spade goes in and there's a woman there in the in the dress. Roman Reigns talking to her. 
and he says, uh, she's with me, you're going to have to hit the bricks. And Roman Reigns came out. She, she's with me? What are you talking about? Turns out it was a ruse, a, a prank played on him by the real blind date, which is the eponymous Missy. Ah. Played very, very loudly by Lauren Lapkus. Mm. Um, and so the date goes horribly. He He escapes out a bathroom window. And in the airport, he then uh, meets another woman who is like perfect for him. They read the same books. Mm. They don't drink. They li- have the same sense of humor. And so he takes her like details and he's texting her and they're getting on great. Yeah. And yeah. he yeah. has to go for this business retreat in Hawaii, in this super nice hotel. Weirdly that Adam Sandler films always seem to take place in those locales. <laughs> And um, he invites her. He, he he builds up the gusto to invite her. Only the two women have the same name, Joe. And he's he's been talking to the wrong Oh, one. my God. And he's invited the crazy one. Oh. oh. So. So David Spade is rubbish in it. And he's he's oh. such a little wimp in it. Um, one thing about these comedies that I always think is important, especially when they're not funny, which this film is not. <laughs> in the, not in the slightest way. This film was everything that I was afraid murder mystery was gonna be. It's right. people falling down. It's just shit my pants. It's just that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but what you need in those films, if nothing else, is like a likable character at the center of it. Yeah, like Three Stooges is that. Dumb and Dumber, even the first one. Is that for all intents and purposes? But because you like the characters, you kind of go along with it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't care for David Spade because he's this little Dumbass. pimple of man, right? No, no. Lauren Lapkus is just the most obnoxious shouting fool. Oh. Um, and and she just like is continuously like this in the film. There's one thing in um. To take this back to RuPaul's Drag Race for a second, right? In RuPaul's Drag Race, there's often these improv challenges where where the, the, the drag queens are encouraged to act like crazy fools, right? Yeah. But sometimes what they'll say is, like, you started at a 10, and there's nowhere to go from there. <laughs> you know, you have to kind of build into right, it. Right, right, right. And Lauren Lafka starts at a 20, <laughs> and there's nowhere to go from there. So she's just at this constant over-the-top 10-ness throughout. Yeah. So. Um, and shock horror, right? At the end of the film, he starts to fall in love with her. What? Even though there's no logical reason for that to happen. With, um, with, the, with the annoying one. With the annoying one, the crazy one. And they end up together. Oh, God. Um, yeah, she's, she's really obnoxious. Obnoxious is the only word you could use for her. She is, like, grabbing him, grabbing his arse, but, like, between the cheeks and then like smelling oh, that smell good you know like this oh, kind of oh. stupidness stupidity and um what else what else to say about it it was just it was just really rubbish i have a new um least favorite actor in the world um and that is jackie sandler the wife of oh, adam sandler God. who was in both Murder Mystery and uh, whatever this film was called. What was it? Wrong Missy. 
Um, she is so fucking bad. <laughs> She's so bad. And in fact, the only time I laughed during this movie was at the horrible line readings from her. Mm. Um, oh, she sucks. She fucking sucks. Okay. Um, was there anything else about it? I mean, it had kind of all the all the things you would expect. Like I say, there was um, uh, she falls off a cliff at one point. Um, no, I think there's I was, like yeah. there's there are two characters uh, who are deformed for no reason in the film. Um, yeah, it was just, just ah. it was kind of the worst of all of those. The things that you hear about the Jack and Jills of the world. Mm-hmm. Or the clicks of the world. All those like bottom tier Adam Sandler films. I've not seen any of them, so I don't know. But I this is what I expect them to be. Uh Sandler is actually not in this one. All his all his um all his cronies are. Rob Schneider's in it. Nick Swarsden, I think his name is, is in it. He's he's horrible in it as well. He's a terrible actor. Um yeah, it was rubbish, and I wouldn't recommend. I wouldn't recommend you watch it. Although I did watch it because Roman Reigns was in it, as promised. Maybe that'll be my next, um, The Rock film watching. Roman Reigns. He's, he was in Hobbs and Shaw. He was in this. I've already seen both. <laughs> Done. Um. Yeah, it was. It was real bad. Whereas Murder Mystery had some redeeming qualities to it, but mm. was kind of bland. Mm. This was so offensively bad shit oh, i was so bad it was so bad I, ugh, Awful. terrible Awful. um on a more positive note i watched gemini man oh. starring uh will smith mm. and if you've seen any trailers for it will smith mm. um also stars clive owen clive owen's in it yeah, he's real old now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's old. He old, and he got like this half British, half American accent. Actually, um, really was really good, and then he sort of fell off. Yeah, like, he did. He had a he had a little string of good movies there in the mid two thousands. I think it's when he didn't get Bond. I think it's when Daniel Craig got Bond. Maybe they kind of sent him on a spiral, and now although he's... he made he made Children and Men the same year Casino Royale came out. Well, that's it. That was his last good. His last good one, yeah. Um, and Mary, is it Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Yes, from Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, she's in it. Yes. She, she, she's in it, but she's kind of just there. She doesn't really have much to do. I thought that she was going to be like a double agent or like a to be a twist where she's she was with the baddies all along, but she's just she. There's not. She's just kind of she's just there. She's like the 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 buddy cop. She's just along for the ride. For no apparent reason, um, it was good. It wasn't. It wasn't great. Um, like I've seen a few Ang Lee movies that I've really enjoyed. This was one, obviously, that he only did because he wanted to fuck around with some expensive cameras for a while. I think this was shot at like a different frame rate, or yeah, different. there was something to it, and. It does. It doesn't really come come through at all because I didn't watch it in the cinema. But um, no, it was good. I don't think it quite did the the concept justice. Like I, I do really like the idea of the 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 perfect assassin who's who's getting a little bit old, and so um, 
the the nefarious company behind his his assassinations have like have cloned him and they're trying to push him out the door in in a very violent way mm-hmm. <laughs> a very violent and permanent way um like i like that concept but the film overall is a little bland especially early on like you know whenever you have these um like born identity style movies and you have that like meaningless military jargon right where they're like i was working in azerbaijan on project phoenix uh x11 you know what i mean you're like this doesn't mean anything and people just characters just talk like that for 10 minutes I, completely nonsense um the action is very good what i'll say as well is the cgi on the the young will smith um depending on the sh- uh the shot depending on the scene varies from like perfect photorealism like shockingly good to at its best to ps3 cutscene at its worst um there's one scene towards the very end where like that um Martin Bashir Michael Jackson documentary, I was just staring at the hands. I was like, <laughs> hands, hands. The monstrous hands. Um, but for the most part, it's very good. Sometimes it just looks really horrible. Uh but no, but the action, the action is good. There's some really good um locations where it takes place in like catacombs and in like these these colorful uh, Indian slums, and while it's a very nice movie or nice looking movie, as you'd expect from Ang Lee, as a high concept movie, it's a little underwhelming. But uh, like I, I like a six out of ten, that kind of good. It was good. Would, would you watch it again? Uh, probably not. Mm. Oh, uh, what about you? Probably, probably won't be checking either of those out. Um, did did watch a very good movie starring uh, Mr. Hugh Jackman. Um, yes, this is called Bad Education. Is this one of the Wolverine movies? No, it's not part of that universe. Okay, not, not aware of it anyway. Um, so it's actually based on a true story of um, this guy. He's a, a superintendent, which, as far as I can tell from The Simpsons, is <laughs> Super Nintendo. A guy who's kind of in charge, or, or it could be a woman, who's in charge of a kind of school district. So not not just a, a principal yes. of a school, but kind of in charge of multiple schools and yeah, making sure they're being managed and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, a true story of how he and another one of his colleagues embezzled millions of dollars uh, from the school district um, over many years. Um and the story was actually broken by the school newspaper, uh, but one of the students that was there actually uncovered the whole thing. So um, based on a true story, and it gets gets kind of gets into it. The most interesting thing that I think Hugh Jackman is really really good in it, and um, plays this quite um, conflicted character. This guy who on the outside seems to be very, you know, very well liked and does a very good job of running the school and really is kind of involved and. Um, invested in the the pupils um, of the schools, he knows you know all of them. He knows what classes they're taking, what their their goals are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but then kind of delves into this almost sort of second life or hidden life um, that no one knew about. So really interesting, really kind of funny, but you know, kind of dark comedy drama. Um, really good supporting cast as well. Alison Janney is in it. Um, a few people from The Sopranos as well, which was strange. I always notice that. 
Um, but yeah, I would I would highly recommend it. I don't want to give you know, too much more away. I've probably already given too much away if, if anyone's interested in watching it. But yeah, Bad Education. Um, really, really, really good film. Um, yeah, that's that's all I've watched this week in terms of, of new films. That was that was definitely a rec- recommendation. Um, moving on to email. Have we got any other features? We got nothing else on. Or we're going to go straight to emails. No emails. Emails. Have you got any emails? I do. Let's have a bloody email. Uh, it's from William Suelissimo from Italy. Uh, subject: Trailer Park Boys. Oh. Which I have never watched. I, I can't comment on Trailer Park. <laughs> me, me neither. But wait, it might be wordplay. The email might not be about that television ah, series yes. whatsoever. He says, "Hi, Paul, lad, and the Griff." Uh, I, well, I'm wait. Paul and the Griff. Lad, I've I, I've never been referred to as lad, so I don't know if that's me. Is it is it a me myself and Irene situation? I don't know. Maybe he's thinking of Griff Tannen. Maybe I'm the Griff. Oh, poss- possiblement. He says. I liked your segment last week on bad movies with good scenes. Remember that? Uh, You briefly mentioned bad trailers for good movies and vice versa. I'd put up The Phantom Menace for that. Uh, The teaser trailer... Treaser... (laughs) Hang on. (sighs) The teaser trailer was great. On the other hand, No Country for Old Men's trailer makes it look like an action-packed thriller. Uh, I remember people walking out of the cinema during that one. Maybe they had seen the trailer. I don't really remember the trailer for um, No Country for Old Men. I I remember seeing that film kind of blind as to what it was. And I really mm. enjoyed it. So. Maybe not seeing the trailer worked in my favor. Uh, do you prefer the old style trailers of In a World? Where you get used to a few... Where where you used to get a f- God, I can't read I can't read today. Where you used to get a few to watch on the VHS before the movie started. Do you remember those? Uh, yeah. I remember on a, a tangent. I had I don't know if you even remember this film, Joe. Do you remember Casper, which came out in the nineties with Christina oh, Ricci? Yeah, of course, yes. Do you remember Casper: The Beginning, the uh, prequel film that came out a few years later? Yeah, vaguely. I had that on video, and instead of trailers on the VHS before it, there was a music video by a band called A, a boy band called A One. I yeah. think they might have done a song for the film or something. I don't I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, do I prefer the old style trailers of In a World, or do I prefer? The trailers where the music stops, the protagonist tells a joke, and then the music continues of the modern trailer kind. Um, I do like those uh, old style ones. Um, I don't know why. I, I obviously the guy who did the voice, who passed away a few years ago, um, isn't around anymore. But there's other people who do that kind of that kind of thing still. I don't know. I like the structure of in a world where, like that, that they parodied on South Park so well that one time. Rob Schneider is um, the stapler. Um, what other tropes irk you when it comes to trailers? Um, I mean, I don't like 
modern trailers insofar as they give so much of the film away. Yeah. A lot of the time. Um, Especially, it's like very specific kind of emotional beats in the film. And it's like, <laughs> it just completely revealed yeah. in, the, in the trailer. It's weird, though, because when it comes to some, like, the bigger franchises recently, like Star Wars and Avengers, it's, it's almost been part of the marketing to not give away anything about the film. Yeah. Which is so weird, because then there seems to be, like, an onus on reviewers and critics not to spoil the film mm. when their job is to review the film, you know? Like I and, and then when they should they review the film in a way that gives away things about the plot, people are like, fuck you, you've ruined the film for me. It's like why are you reading a review of a film you don't want to be spoiled about? You know? In a sense, a review of a film should cover all aspects of a film, you know, a proper one. I mean, yeah, admittedly, most reviews won't spoil the ending of a film, but to talk about the plot for these films was considered a spoiler in itself, you know? Mm. Um, to talk about, like, Endgame, that it involved uh, time travel, or or to talk about Rise of Skywalker, that involved the Emperor, you know, these things were, were not to be spoiled, even though they were the plots, the very central plots of the films. Um, and so that's almost too far in the other direction in terms of trailers not giving you a good enough idea of what the film actually is. But I mean, that's that's ultimately what trailers are for, is to entice you into the into buying a ticket, right? Yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, I, I don't, I, I personally don't like when, when I see a trailer and after two and a half minutes of watching it, I think to myself, well, I don't need to see that now because I know exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I know what happens in it now. Um, God, was, that, were there any good that thing what? of um, you might mention that, but things uh, slowing down and then very quickly turning up yeah. every even in movies it doesn't really make sense. Not even action movies, just any. It's just yeah, God, I hate that. And there was that example of um, the Star Trek trailer where they used Beast was it Beastie Boys? I think yeah. Um, well, that was in the film itself. It was well. in the film, but it was like, <laughs> it was like, oh, we've we've kind of taken this one song that's played at the beginning when he's still on Earth, and kind of set that over everything. And it's just a bit like, the, yeah. just yeah, get, get a catchy song in there, even though it's not really any kind of logically in any context in the film. Yeah. Blah. Um. Will says that he's also loving the Simpsons review segment. Oh, good. Uh, but he asks that we please throw in an equivalent classic episode synopsis so I don't go crazy listening to the shite. Thank mm. you, Will. Okay, we could do we could throw one of those in, maybe turn it into a quiz. So I start reading it out and you and Barry have to guess. Uh, give me the name of the episode or something like that. Ooh, that would be interesting. That would be fun. Okay, well, let's let's test that now. All right, I'll just. Okay. Oh, oh, here we go. Um, I'll just pick. So this is gonna be random pretty... retro Simpsons episode. Random retro Simpsons episode. Um, Simpsons got issues. Um, so this is gonna be uh, season seasons one to ten classic Simpsons. So I will pick something at random. Okay, I've got one. Okay. Uh, I will start to read uh, the plot. Um. <laughs> okay, sounds pretty pretty easy. 
Homer and his teammates, Mo, Apu and Otto, are unable to afford the $500 fee to join a bowling league. Oh, it's... Homer, um, oh, I still have the episode, though. Homer, well, <laughs> well, here we go. Homer, the episode, though? Homer asks his boss to sponsor the team while he is anethicized, so Mr. Burns unwittingly signs a check. The new it's, league, the, it's the Pin Pals episode, but I don't know what it's called. Um, do you want to have a guess? It, is it 10, oh, 10 Pin Homer or something? No, that's not too bad, actually. It's actually Team Homer. Team Homer. Yeah, which I never would have got. I would have guessed Team Pin Homer. Pals. I would have said Pin Pals many times. Well, pin Pals is a, is a very good pun. Yeah. Um, but the, right, let, me do, let me do one for you. On, then. On, okay, on. Where are you doing this, Wikipedia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, here we go. Uh, I was going to pick a random one. Okay, here we go. Uh, when Homer and Marge's sex life fizzles, they seek help to spice up their marriage. It's um, Grandpa Simpson versus sexual inadequacy. I'll give good? it to you. Yeah, gra- Grandpa. Grandpa versus sexual inadequacy. Grandpa versus sexual inadequacy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. That's a good segment. We'll do that. Do that next week. Um, so that's all the emails. So that just leaves yeah. us with a bit of wrestling chat. Um, so I have watched some wrestling this week. After Me too. Yep. What did you watch? I watched AEW Presents Fight for the Fallen mm. and Impact Wrestling Slammiversary. That's still going, is it? It is. Well, so let's do AEW first, because I I did watch Fight for the Fallen as well, but I also watched Night 2 of Fighter Fest okay. uh, previous week. Um, so I thought they were both pretty good shows, but not that remarkable. Um, mm. I don't think there was anything in them. Again, all the matches are pretty good. Um, you know, like the eight-man tag of Fighter Fest was good. Uh, Omega and Page against Private Party I thought was really good. Um, Jericho Orange Cassidy was was good as well. Not nothing kind of amazing. Wasn't up there with Pack Orange Cassidy, <laughs> but it was um, it was pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. Um, then fight for the fallen. What did you make of this? So I thought opening match I thought was was pretty good. Cody and Sonny yeah, I, I really enjoyed the opening match. I thought you know I was I going into it thought it was it was going to be a stronger two hours than. Than Firefest, I was a little disappointed with Firefest, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah, I thought it was. I thought Cody Sunny Kiss had a good showing. Um, finish a little bit out of nowhere. That's that. That's kind of a trope in Cody matches lately. Yeah, you won't build to a finish. You'll just get it out of nowhere. Um, and Cody was working a little, a little healy. He was healing it up. He pulled the turnbuckle. Had off. He hit him with a really devastating looking vertebraker at one point as well. Yeah. He was doing press ups at one point as well. Just to... <laughs> no, Anderson was like, Good for connecting you, boy. What the fuck are you doing? And then Lucha Bros FTR, I thought was good. It was a little sloppy Joe. Little sloppy Joe, yeah. And from the Lucha Brothers as well, they did. There was one spot where they were trying to do like a kind of lift. Flash. Yeah, the 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 kind of wheelbarrow yeah, spot into yeah. the flip. Yeah, and Pentagon was too 
fat to do it pro- properly. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. It was uh, yeah. a bit messy. Um, there was a really great. Uh, what was it when they did? Uh, the, 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 I'm trying to find it here in the rundown. I remember there was one spot that I really liked. I can't remember what it was. What the fuck was it? Maybe I'm thinking of a different. <laughs> I'm thinking of a different match. I don't remember what it was. Anyway, um, they took Phoenix mask off at the end. His little Rey Mysterio head was out. Uh-oh. And they uh, they cradled him for the pin anyway. And then Omega and the Bucks come out with a big cooler of beer and they mm-hmm. poured it on Omega's head. Anyone happy about it? Yeah. Um, I, I don't mind what they're doing. I'm not a huge fan of FTR, but I think the feud with the Bucks is going pretty well. I'm kind of happy with it. I think the eventual sort of ter- proper turn and match will be good. So I'm happy with the slow burn for that. I liked um, the Dash Wilder, whatever his name is now. He did like a really good suicide dive in the middle of the match, mm. which is a mm. bit of a surprise given that their their gimmick is that they don't do that shit. No flips. That was good. It wasn't a flip per se, but it was a dive. Um, Jericho come out for a promo and he's, he's the demo god now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which I'm into. I like. Oh, it's a bit cringeworthy. But, uh, I don't <laughs> it is, but I Jericho don't... Jericho's character is a bit cringeworthy. It was kind of funny as well. It's funny in its kind of over-the-top winking, nudging obvious nerdiness and obvious mm. like it, it's very tongue-in-cheek about how you know obviously this wrestling war is completely arbitrary and is not it's like it's not them going up against raw it's it's the wednesday night war of these peon companies mm. which which works for his character for him to you know we won the demo i'm the demo god you know i thought that was funny and then cassidy came out and orange juice fell on Jericho. Uh, and he calls for a towel and they threw him an orange Cassidy towel. And that was funny. I thought Jericho's performance kind of made it work. Yeah. I, I yeah, I thought it was funny. I like the thumb the little thumbs down. The, <laughs> uh, and of course the the massive over something by uh Santana. No, Ortiz. Oh, sorry, I'm Ortiz. Um yeah. Yeah, throwing himself around. Did you like the, the there was a subtle callback to Ortiz um from the stadium stampede where he's he was saying I can't swim. Oh was he? no, I didn't notice that. In the orange juice. Was he swimming Very in good. the orange juice? Yeah. yeah. Because what he can't he like? swim, so he, what is he like? He he is a joy. Mad man. Uh I liked Kenny Omega and Young Bucks against Jurassic Express. Yeah, this was fun. Oh, this is the match I was thinking of with the destroyer. Ah. Yes, I was thinking of this one. Uh, Marcus Stunt hit the destroyer off like the top of Luchasaurus. Right, 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 right. It was great. It was great. There was also not to jump ahead, but there's this is a good a good uh, week for Canadian stories. There was a great one on Slammiversary, which we'll get to. We'll get to that. Yeah, I like I like this match a lot. Yeah, Nick Jackson is just great. He's just so good. He's, he's really good. I, I enjoy it. all these. All these matches were pretty good in AEW. I will never sit through a match and go, "This is terrible." 
I think it's considered. There, well, there was one bit in particular where Nick Jackson was in with Jungle Jungle Jack Perry, and uh, they were doing some fucking really quick, uh, like flipping chain mm. wrestling stuff. It was great. Very very good. Yeah. Um, it was then a match with the Nightmare Sisters. I don't know what that's all about. Um, and then main event, John Moxley. Well, also Nyla Rose brought out her manager. Oh. Mm. Mm. Very funny, Vicky Guerrero. Very funny. I enjoyed it. Uh, yes, whatever. I'm not, not that into it, but... I don't hate it. I don't hate it, but it's, yeah, yeah. it's whatever it is. Um... And then the main event. Yeah, Moxley versus Brian Cage, which was good. It was good. It was good. Moxley yeah, nice. was good value. Yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoyed these two shows. I, I think at the moment with AEW, there's, they've lost a lot of the things that I was enjoying. If you go back sort of five, six months, even, you know, bearing in mind the crowd, crowds not being there. So I think the lack of people like, um, what's his name, Darby Allen. Um, obviously, Sammy Guevara being suspended. Uh, Pack as well. I think it's her them. Um, the whole kind of Cody open challenge thing. I quite in- I enjoy the element of like you know getting surprises, but it's kind mm-hmm. of obvious he's not going to lose the title, and so it, it kind of just feels like him just beating everyone. <laughs> it's just I mean, that, that'll be the case until they set a precedent where he does lose to a surprise. You know, I, I think you almost have to do that at some point. Yeah, I think you, they will do that at some point. But I think, and the fact that he's doing it kind of every, I mean, it's not every week necessarily, but he's done quite a lot of challenges since he won the, the title. Yeah. I'm wondering if they, they're kind of overdoing it, maybe they stretch it out a little bit, have him defend mm-hmm. it every few weeks rather than every single week or every other week. But that's fine. Um, Brian Cage and the Taz stuff. Meh. Taz's promos are good, but Brian Cage, it does he doesn't have that kind of monster charisma. I don't think he's not like the Bro- it's kind of like the Brock Lesnar Paul Heyman dynamic. But yeah, but Taz Taz is doing a good job being Paul Heyman, but I don't think Cage has really got that like presence. Um, he's good, he's a good big man, but he's not. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help that they brought him in in such close proximity to Archer and Brody Lee. Yeah. Like he doesn't stand out as a result. Because before know? that, everyone was about five foot eight, and then they brought in three giants. And weirdly, they've kind of not committed to any of the three of them. Yeah, they've all been beaten already. That is the other kind of problem is that it feels like they rushed them into the big main event feuds and beat them. Yeah, which you kind of feel they could have had Cage wrestling, you know, mid card match and beating someone. You know, they could have done this in, th- in three months, six months. I don't know what the rush was. And the whole kind of F- FTW title as well. I, I just yeah, didn't really enjoy that. But I thought the whole point of that title was that Taz kind of created it because he wasn't getting the opportunities at, you know, the ECW title. So he was like, fuck it, I'm going to create my own title because I'm an outlaw. I'm an outsider, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. Cage had a world title shot from his first match in the company. <laughs> right away. <laughs> so it's like, well, he hasn't been ostracized. He's been, you know, the center of the company. So it didn't really make a lot of sense. And now he's lost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think they're a bit of a creative kind of bleh at the moment. Um, a malaise. Malaise. I don't know. I think, I think Moxley is a little underwhelming on top as well. Mm. Um, 
Like while I while I've liked his matches, I don't know. I, I find it hard to get excited for Moxie at the moment. He needs a good, very good foil, a good villain. He's not had a good villain really to feud with. He's had like a couple now with like Lee. Uh, I'm gonna say Swagger Hager mm-hmm. and Cage. A couple of like one month deals, but and nothing really. And they're putting him against like these big guys as well. But Moxley's pretty big himself. You mm. know what I mean? It's not like he's a kind of small fighting champion. Like he's he's like six three, whatever, six four or something. Like he's pretty big himself. So he's wrestling these monsters. I, th- I think his feud with Jericho was great. I think Jericho just played it so well in being the kind of cowardly, sort of slimy heel to Moxley's kind of, uh, you know, gritty sort of gunslinger, you know, no nonsense sort of character. He needs, he needs someone like that. Someone who's a bit of I a... wonder what direction they'll go in next for him then. Mm. Another cage is done. Yeah, in a sense, like Lee, Brody Lee, Hager, and Cage have all been kind of the same opponent as well. Storyline wise, yeah, there's not been a lot of variety there. Now you want him in with a, a a good heel who can who can go back and forth with him promo wise and build to something like Jericho Moxley was, you know? Yeah, Moxley. yeah. Um, so overall, de- decent AEW, but not I'm a bit in a bit of a funk. I think. Yeah, but um, speaking of um, the number two promotion. Um, <laughs> tell tell us about Impact Wrestling Slam Anniversary. Yeah, I don't know why I decided to watch Slam Anniversary. Um, I mean, I do listen to the Talk and Shop podcast with in the Good Brothers, which, mm. by the way, that's what they're officially known as now in right in, in Impact Wrestling. They're called the Good Brothers, Anderson and Gallows. Uh, so I knew they were going to be on, and I knew that Impact had been heavily pushing that there was going to be like surprises on the show. Mm. Which you know, wrestling when you have surprises in wrestling, that's always a wrestler's is at its best and its most exciting. So I, you know, I was up last night anyway. I was up pretty late last night, um, and so I went over to Fight TV. And I paid money, paid my money, my 21 Europeans, uh, to support the old biz, the old diddling biz, as it's now known. And uh, and I watched, I didn't watch it all in one go. I watched like the first hour last night and I watched the remaining. It was like, it was two hours, 55. It wasn't a super long show. Watched that this morning. Um, it was a good show. It was a good, solid show. Um, I think everything... Bar one or two matches was like good to great. I don't think there was anything necessarily spectacular on it or like go out of your way to see, but there was a lot of good stuff on it. Um, show opened with excuse me, with the Rascals open challenge. Uh, so the Rascals is Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz, or Des and Wentz as they go by. Uh, and their open challenge was accepted by not the Good Brothers, but the returning Motor City Machine Guns. Ooh, Motor City. Which is a nice surprise. I, I've mentioned before that I used to have a Motor City's Machine Gun t-shirt. Oh, yeah. 
which is unfortunately, um, unlike yourself and Marge Simpson, I did not hoard it. It's long gone. Um, but they they returned. Uh, Shelley, of course, we saw on NXT fairly recently. Chris Sabin, much leaner uh, than he used to be, but like in ripped. He, he's 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 got more of a um, not quite like a Bruce Lee physique, but more that than the typical kind of bloated muscle you normally associate with wrestlers. Uh, they had a really good match. Uh, Motor City Machine Guns haven't lost a beat. They were right back into the old rhythm. They had a good kind of really fast-paced tag team match, as you, as you would expect. Motor City Machine Guns mm. got the win. That was a, a thumbs up on that one. Uh, we then had uh, follow that up with the old piss break match. Uh, Moose versus Tommy Dreamer. Why Tommy Dreamer is still on pay-per-views in 2020, the year of our Lord. I have no idea. Uh, he wrestled and looked exactly as you would imagine a 2020 Tommy Dreamer too. First, um, I do like the, I do like the presentation of Moose. I must say, even though he um, practices his wrestling with known diddlers, oh, God, um, yeah. he comes he, he comes out like a star. He has a big uh, Ric Flair style robe that he wears out with sparkle. He he comes out like a star. I must mm. say. Um, when he starts wrestling Tommy Dreamer, the gleam comes off a little bit. And they wrestled a... And, and these words send shivers down, down the spine of every wrestling fan in, again, the year 2020. They wrestled an ECW rules match. Ooh. Um, the old uh, trash can trash lead. Can. Trash the can. old kendo stick. Uh, oh. Russian leg sweep spot. Um... Top. So they had a, a, a late 90s hardcore match, which Moose won, obviously, with his spear. Mm. Um, I like what they're doing with Moose. Like I say, his presentation was good. He has the old TNA belt. He calls himself the TNA world champion. <laughs> they kept on commentary saying, like, this isn't a real <laughs> this isn't a real title match. He's not a real champion. But uh, no, I like the presentation of it. Um, they had a women's uh, battle royale, which was won by Kaylee Ray. Uh, they have a really... Good diverse women's roster on on Impact. I'm, I must say, um, in terms of like characters, they're all very uh, different from each other. They're all easily distinguishable. They don't all just feel and look the same. Very very different from from Kimberly to uh, Kylie Ray, who like I say won the match, to Taya Valkyrie, who comes off like one of the bigger stars to. Madison Gr- Madison Rain, one of my old favorites from the old days, still looking good uh, in twenty twenty. Um, one of the oddest looking people I've ever seen. Kate, I, I don't mean to shame how people look. For, for a second, I'm gonna. Um, Katie Forbes is one of the oddest looking people I've ever seen. Joe, do you remember on Celebrity Big Brother in the UK a few years ago? I don't remember who he was. The only thing I remember about him was he had a big fat belly. And he had like a fake six pack implanted onto it. Oh, do you remember this guy? I faintly rings a bell, but yeah, she looks a bit like him. <laughs> In that she's like, she, I I don't know, I don't admit oh, cast versions. I Darren Lyons, he's like a celebrity uh, photographer, paparazzi guy. Okay. Oh God, I'm just looking at him now. Oh, for a whole time. Yeah. Um, so Katie Forbes, I don't want to 
say with with no like proof of any kind that she's not like naturally how she looks, right? But she's like a weirdly chunky woman with weirdly like sticky outy abs like his. Mm. Um, she a very odd looking woman. She's like if you took it's going to sound horrible, right? But if you took if you, you took a normal woman and just put a, a bike pump into her and just inflated her up a bit, she's not like um, she's not overweight or anything, which is fine anyway because mm. I'm overweight. It's fine, but she's just like weirdly big. Mm. It's it's strange. She was strange to look at. I'm sure she's lovely. I'm sure she's a lovely woman. Weird looking though. In weird looking in a. And again, I, I, I'm trying to be careful here in case in case she is an old CSP regular listener, an old subscriber to the feed. I don't want to get sued or anything. She's an unnaturally weird looking person. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Um, but like I say, it, it was a little boring at points. There was a lot of like talking and I guess comedy that didn't really land. But given that I, I have, I've never seen a majority of these people... I like how diverse their um, their roster is. So that was good, at least. Um, Heath Slater made his debut appearance. They just call him Heath. He came out and fought with one of the TNA geeks. Beat him up. Um, X-Vision title match, Willie Mack, Chris Bay. Uh, very good match. I've never seen Chris Bay before. He is very good. Hmm. Um, his finish is like a springboard famouser. Which he calls the Baymisser, which is clever. His name is Chris Bay, isn't it? Um, but he won with like a new move, which is called the what did he call it? Something finesse. I don't remember what the actual name was. He's he's, he's called like the the finesse Chris Bay or something. Mm. It's like it was like a springboard cutter. It was it was good. They had a good match. Willie Mack is anyway good. He's like a he like a bit like Keith Lee that he's a a big chunky boy, but who can like high fly. Yeah. He's good. Chris Bay is very good. Um, then we had the North defending the tag titles against Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan. Wow. Ken Shamrock must be about 58 at this point. Still looks ripped to shreds. Um, although, watching his latest MMA efforts, I know that he would be knocked out by the lightest of breezes. Um, but no, this was good. This was good as well. Sammy Callahan um, probably the best pile driver in the business at the moment. Um, they're a good little team. They they teased uh, like they're hitting each other by mistake because they mm. feuded in the past. Uh, ultimately, didn't really play into the the finish. Um, they isolated um, Shamrock and hit, hit him with the finish and got the pin. But it was a really good match. Uh, Callahan is very good for as shite as I've he's he was in NXT and. He can kind of be be good or bad depending on where and when I see him. But he was good here, and Shamrock looked good as well, especially given his age. Uh, best match of the show: Diana Perazzo defeated Jordan Grace to win the knockouts uh, title. Extremely good technical wrestling match. The one match on the show I would probably say go out of your way to see. It was really good. One of the best women matches I've seen in a while. Um, and just kind of rubber stamped. What uh, uh, a miss not using Diano Parazzo was on WWE's side. Mm-hmm. For for as much as they've used fucking Aaliyah and the Iconics and Diano Parazzo couldn't get a turn, she's like probably without hyperbole 
uh, or hyperbole, if I want to press it right, uh, better than any re- female wrestler on WWE's roster. She great. Uh, Jordan Grace was right there with her. They had a cracking match. It was brilliant. Uh, Prozzo got the win with uh, a double armbar after she had worked on the arm throughout the match. It was great. Great match. Uh, and then we had the main event, Eddie Edwards, Ace Austin, Trey Miguel, and two mystery opponents who turned out to be a returning Rich Swan and Eric Young. Um, now, Ace Austin and Trey Miguel are like young, up-and-coming X-Division guys. Hmm. Eddie Edwards is a uh, you know, former tag team partner of Davey Richards. Uh, he now looks and dresses like a deathmatch wrestler for... A reason that I'm not aware of. Eric Young is he's an old looking man <laughs> nowadays. His skin is starting to sag. He's looking a bit old. Um and Rich Swan is uh, Rich Swan is really good in it. But watching this match as good as it was, and it was good, there was some fantastic um spots in it. I need to point out, like I said, there was a destroyer where they had one of the I think it was Ace Austin standing on the outside and was it Trey Miguel or I don't remember which match was in I think it was in this one um so you had one one standing on the outside the other did a kind of Rey Mysterio style you know when they do like the dive like a suicide dive but through the first and second ropes rather than second and third ropes yeah did a dive through there landed on the shoulders of the lad on the outside into a destroyer Oh, okay. Mad stuff. Couldn't believe what I was seeing. Um, it was really good, but I couldn't kind of shake the feeling that what Impact, as much as Impact have in talent, they kind of lacked in star power. Now, obviously, okay. certain circumstances outside of their control meant that changes had to be made to the, the lineup of the pay-per-view, but like... I think the match would have benefited, or maybe the paper overall would have benefited from a few stars. <laughs> you know, TNA feels like it has a lot, or Impact feels like it has a lot of really good up and coming guys, but not a lot of star power on top. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to say a Jericho, because Jericho's obviously done so much in AEW since he's joined, but maybe someone of a Jericho level when he was in WWE, you know? Like, for years, they, had, they always had like a Kurt Angle or a Sting. Someone like that to kind of helm the show around. They kind of don't have that at the moment. So watching this match, it felt more like a really great, I hate to say mid-card match, but a really great mid-card match rather than a really great world title match, if that makes any sense. Um, Eddie Edwards won in the end, uh, pinning Ace Austin. It was like an elimination match. They were the final two. After it, um, Sawyer Fulton come down. They're beating up Eddie Edwards and Caroline and Luke Gallows made their debut and made the save. That's when the show went off the air. Also teasing an EC3 video for Impact. Uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was a good show, like I say. Um, everything on it was pretty pretty good to, to great, especially the women's match, which was by far the best match in the show. Um, although that being said... As much as I enjoyed it, I'm not. I wasn't super compelled to tune into Impact. Yeah, which is kind of the most damning thing about it because while 
um, they made reference on the show that because of the kind of hype around the surprises and obviously the releases from WWE mm. um, 90 days ago, that there was new people watching. So I assume that this show did quite well. Um, they did a great job of showcasing a lot of people that you might not have seen. And to be fair, they built one match quite well. They built, um, they had a Motor City Machine Guns return. They had a great match. They had the North retain their titles against Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock. They had a great match. And then Motor City Machine Guns come out and said, you're facing us for the titles on Impact. That was the one like good build for Impact where you're saying, okay, I, tonight I got to see two great matches and I'm going to see both of the winners face on Impact. That should be great. But aside from that, like in terms of people they brought in, Heath Slater, eh, Eric Young, uh, Eric Young to me is never going to feel that important, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gallows and Anderson, yes, you can maybe say they'll come in and and feel more important. But all the people they brought in, there wasn't there wasn't a Rusev, there wasn't a Zack Ryder, there wasn't someone arguably who was a little bit more again more of a star. The people they brought in, the the um, Heat Slaters, EC3, who was you know the biggest flop in WWE in quite a while, just felt like guys. You know, they, there was no one in there that you'd say, "Jesus, they're in, they're an impact now." I need to watch that. So that's uh, Slammiversary. We have then tonight, oh. eye for an eye match. Someone's eye is being taken out, Joe. Oh god. Um yeah, it's Extreme Rules, the horror show. Um well, we don't go through the whole card because it's No, I I paid for um the last AEW pay per view. I paid for a slam anniversary. I am not paying for the network to watch Extreme Rules. I'm sorry. I can't do it. I'll wake up in the morning, I'll go to one of them dodgy websites and I'll just watch uh, the eye. I don't care about anything else in the show. Yeah, uh, I don't care about the swamp match. I only care about someone's eye being taken out. The, the main event is um, Dolph Ziggler versus Drew McIntyre, which, uh, yeah. I mean, not since well, the days of Jin- Jinder Mahal, I think. <laughs> Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura, I think, was probably has now been surpassed in terms of the lack of star power. Uh, for a WWE title. Uh, well, you say that, Joe, but at The Rock says that Dolph Ziggler is like the best wrestler in the world and should win the belt. Did you not see that Instagram? Uh, who? <laughs> the Rock was like, this brother Dolph Ziggler has got it all, man. He should... <laughs> the Rock, Don Morocco. <laughs> the Rock, Dwayne Johnson Ocko. Oh, the Rock. Oh, the oh, actual God. Rock. Yeah, He came out as a he 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 outed himself as a Ziggler fanatic for some dear, reason. Dear, what a sad little man. Yeah, although he did make um, Hobbs and Shaw after all. Yeah, it's true. Um, well, I do, do you have any other thoughts on Extreme Rules, or can we can we wrap it up there? I want to see what they do with the eye thing. I I, I'm, there, I have a morbid curiosity as to how and why they go through with that. Um. There's nothing else on the show I would waste my time watching. Nah, not worth it. I could wake up in the morning and there'd be reports, oh my god, that Swamp Thing was the best uh, cinematic match they've ever done. <laughs> I, I don't care. I don't care. 
not interested. But if I wake up and people are saying, what the fuck was that I thing? I'll be right on. I'll have a look at it. Uh, okay, well, then that leaves me to just wrap things up. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, we will be back next week to, with, with episode 481. Hopefully Barry will be back. Um, you can, of course, get in touch with us via chairshoppodcast.com or on Twitter uh, via the Barry Lad. Uh, Paul Griffin CSP or at Griff Tanner. Um, so it just leaves me to say goodbye, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye uh, from my good friend Paul Griffin as well. Good goodbye from me also. Goodbye.